broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Boost Mobile, everything you've always wanted in a mobile carrier. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com for all of your hockey needs on ice or in line. By OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. Visit us at OxyPow.com. UNLV Hockey, ACHA D1 Hockey, World Class City. By M-Drive, take our short quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which M-Drive fits your lifestyle. By Summer Skates, show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. By Burrito Express, six East Valley locations for great taste and great value. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the location near you. And by the University of Arizona Wildcats. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is Wednesday night, which means it is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy with you tonight from beautiful Denver, Colorado, where it's, uh, what, December 22nd, and it was 65 degrees today in Denver, about 22 or 3 degrees above normal. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you? I'm good. My schedule cleared up a little bit because of certain things, postponements of games. We had NHL games <laughs> scheduled for tomorrow and today. We had AHL games scheduled for today, but all that was been postponed. So I got a few extra days to just unwind and enjoy the holiday season and then get ready, hopefully, for hockey to return in uh, August. But we've still got hockey to talk about because we're doing this show and we still got shows to do and, and we've got a fun show ahead. Absolutely, and I'm glad you said that word hopefully because, man, oh, man, uh, nobody expected, I don't think, this to come back again. And I know it's a short pause, and I get all that, but the uh, the NHL uh, players are, are not going to the Olympics. We uh, we know that now. Um, so that's going to have some, some influx. We'll talk about that later on in the show. Um, but but this pandemic, Stephen, is not over. It is uh, – it just keeps changing and confusing people more and more. So don't be surprised at anything that happens from this point forward. No, you, you can't be. You can't be uh, surprised by it for sure. It just always seems to have a new new development in there, and we just continue to tell people to be safe and, you know, if you get vaccinated if you, if, if you can, and, and, and if you need to get boosted, do that and, and just do what you can to protect yourself. I'm not going to tell people they have to get the vaccine, but it certainly is uh, recommended that people do and people can make their own decisions, but hopefully they make the decisions that's best for them and best for those, those around them. But, but yeah, it's just, it's just continues. And, and, and hopefully that this is only a short pause, at least for the NHL, obviously they were going to have a little bit of a break anyway for Christmas, but it's just now a couple of days longer than, than they had scheduled. And, 
And of course, we'll talk about the Olympics implications later. But yeah, it's just uh, it's not going away uh, for sure. We just have to continue to be safe and hopefully that this is only just a little hiccup and doesn't turn into something even bigger than what it's turned out to be, I guess, right now. Well, as we uh, talk tonight, we're talking club hockey, and there's big news. You and I have talked about this a couple of weeks ago when the announcement was made that uh, San Diego State and Oregon would be moving up along with a couple of other teams on the east, and I don't want to disparage them at all, but uh, we're we're concerned with uh, what happens out here in the western part of the United States. So it's big news. So I said we need to reach out, especially over the the holidays maybe, and, and get these guys on. So I was able to get in contact with Phil Bateman, the head coach at uh, San Diego State, been there. I think this is year number six for Phil. Um, he had a plan. He wanted to bring his team uh, uh, to Division One ACHA. He felt like it was much needed in Southern California. And we'll get into all that with him when he joins us here in about, oh, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. Um, so we'll get into that and talk about it. I think it's going to be cool. I told him that uh, we would cover his team as much as we can, uh, being there in our coverage area as well. And they're going to play some 20 games or something like that. He'll he'll tell us uh, the whole details on it. But looking forward to, to speaking with Phil tonight. Um, and then, of course, we'll try to continue to get uh, somebody from Oregon on so we give equal time to, to both parties. I think that's important. And uh, most a- uh, ACHA teams, Stephen, are, uh, are on break now. The semester's over and everybody's getting a Christmas break. But, boy, is it going to heat up quickly once the second semester in January 2022 comes around. Yeah, no question. I mean, I the the break is certainly really needed, and obviously a lot of players looked forward to it. But yeah, when when teams come back in January, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a mad dash and rush to uh, get their positioning and get get where they want to be before that uh, ACHA national tournament is in March. It, it it seems so far away still March, but the way this year went by so fast. And the way things are just, go- especially this holiday. I was just thinking about it the other day. This this December, this holiday month, this this Christmas month, it really just flew by. It just all of a sudden, it's like I'm I'm thinking about it the other day. I'm thinking it's Christmas this week. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is this whole month just went by fast. It's <laughs> kind of a yeah. microcosm of this whole year, which you know, which is nice because the la- the previous year felt like it was forever with everything that happened. But but anyway, so yeah, March is going to be here sooner than we know it. So when when the teams come back in January, it's going to be, it really is going to be. Uh, uh, a mad dash to to get the uh, ACHA tournament, get where they want to be. Teams that maybe are on the cusp of making it in will get for sure going to guarantee themselves in. And maybe and teams that are are on the cusp, hopefully, you know, will do what they need to do so they don't get bumped out. Uh, so it's going to be. So that just means that the games are really going to the the competition is really going to ramp up. But if if it's any better than what we had in the fall, we're really in for uh, really in some good hockey because the. the a lot of the games in the the fall semester were really good too, and some teams really had some good some good runs. And so, uh, if we have more of that, or even more more enhanced uh, that level of competition in January and February, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and and it'll be fun to follow it all along uh, coming up here in a few weeks. Yeah, I just hope that everything happens safely and everybody's able to play their games and fans are able to be there and enjoy this stretch run because you hit it on the head, uh, especially in the WCHL, of course, which is our main coverage area, um, that the competition for that number one spot to win the the uh, conference to uh, to get in the top ten um, to try to get that auto bid secured by winning the conference. I mean that that's just a 
four or five team battle right now. And if somebody sneaks up and, and upsets the apple cart, if you will, a little bit, it's going to be a, a real battle to see who finally comes out on top. And it may go down to the very last weekend. Uh, I, I got to change your words there, May. I, I think it will come down to the last weekend with some teams. I, I think there's no question about that. Just the way how tight things are and just, the, the, as we mentioned, the level of competition. I, I think, and we've seen that in previous years, certainly with uh, with teams that have kind of had a run late in the season uh, get in. You know, we've talked about the rankings at nauseum, and we'll save the soapbox for January because I'm sure we'll need it again. But hey, hey, and by the way, I'm glad you brought that up because you know our good friend Chris Perry over the uh, commissioner at the WCHL uh, just sent me a tweet, and he said, "Hey, you know what? Leave the rankings alone tonight and have a merry and and enjoyable holiday season." <laughs> He's encouraging me to stay away, so I will do that. I will stay away from the rankings tonight. But I think we would see teams go on this this run at the latter part of the season, and they 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 really can make a push. I, I think about UNLV a couple of years ago. They had a, obviously not a, a really strong part of the season where they had lost about eight or nine games in a row, winless, and uh, you know, and they were still right in the mix towards the bottom of the the, 20, the top twenty five. And then the second half, they come back. They had a strong second half. Billy beat some teams good, and they were able to get a spot in the in the tournament picture had it happened. But um, so I, it just, you never know. I think of a team like Utah, that's kind of right there in the, maybe on the cusp of being in or out They're, they're you know, not a double digit wins yet that, you know, they, they, I certainly think they will be, if they can get on a little bit of a roll here, I, I certainly think they will push, a, push away. And I think UNLV is going to be in regardless um, well, uh, should get in. So I think. Yeah, let me get to this. I, I think the four teams that are going to be competing for the WCHL auto bid are obviously UNLV, UCO, uh, Arizona, and Missouri State. And when those four teams are doing battle against each other, um, somebody wins, somebody loses, somebody goes up, somebody goes down. So those are critical, and I I think all four of them are getting in the tournament. And I even think there's going to be a sleeper fifth team. I'm not, I'm not certain on who that'll be yet, but I believe we will get five teams from the WCHL in the tournament this year. That's five out of 20. God love that. Yeah, that's uh, a 25% chance of, of getting a, a, a team from the WCHL to, to win the whole thing. So that's, that's pretty good odds because a lot of, t- a lot of the other leagues in the, in the Division One level may only get one or two teams in it. So you have five, of, five teams that will make, make up that 20-team field. That's, uh, that's a pretty good, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good odds uh, that something will happen. It doesn't always transpire that way, but at least that we'll see some teams make some, some deep runs and hopefully win the whole thing. But, but it's, uh, you're right. You're, when you're going to see uh, these teams going to play each other still, I think uh, Missouri State and Central Oklahoma still might play each other still again. I'm not maybe they've already finished their season series. I don't know, but UNLV still has to go to Arizona uh, and play at Arizona, and that's always a tough. So there's a couple of tough games for UNLV. Um, they still got uh, they still got to go to Liberty, which isn't a league game, but that's going to be a really tough weekend for for UNLV. Uh, well, they already beat Liberty, but a neutral site. But now they're going to go to their place in, in January, so that's going to be tough. Um, so there's there's still some big marquee matchups still to come. Uh, yeah, this, without a doubt. When we get back in January, so uh, Jamestown too, another team. UNLV is going to host Jamestown first weekend of games, or, or second, third week of January, I think, when when they season resumes. So there's there's still some big matchups to come. 
uh, whether they're WCHL matchups or non-WCHL matchups, certainly top-tier ACHA matchups for sure. And and uh, it's going to be exciting, well, and it's going it's to be fun. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and let's come back. Let's bring on our special guest tonight. We've got the head coach from San Diego State University with big news that if you haven't heard, you're going to want to hear it. We'll be back in two minutes with the head coach. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Your hometown hockey team, your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions, your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. This is Adam Trunko, captain of the CU Bus, the UNACHA hockey team, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hi, I'm Hunter Cooley, captain of the Missouri State Ice Hockey Bears, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hey guys, Jared Erickson, captain of the UNLV Skating Rebels, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hi, this is Alex King, the captain of the University of Utah Utes. You're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Indeed it is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy with you tonight from beautiful Denver, Colorado, where I, it's a balmy 65 degrees here. I don't believe it. No snow on the ground, no white that can't Christmas be, here That in can't Denver. be right. That can't be right. That can't be right. <laughs> oh, no, 65 no, of December fact. in Denver? Yeah, wow. that's fact. That is fact. Um, and my co-host, as you just heard, Stephen March in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, where it's always 65 and sunny, even in the middle of summer. Right, Stephen? 
<laughs> wish yeah, it was no. that in the summertime. <laughs> wish it was that in the summertime. But no, only about 56 today. Uh, but tomorrow, okay, 62. Okay, well, we got you. We got you. Okay, so it's our pleasure to bring on um, the head coach of one of the newest teams in ACHA D1 hockey, the head coach right now currently of the San Diego State Aztecs, the uh, M2 or the Men's Division II ACHA program. We've got Phil Bateman with us. Phil, you got Scott and Steven with you. First of all, how are you tonight? I'm great, guys. How are you guys doing? But by, by the way, I, sh- I should say, um, I think we're going to have to move out to Denver. It's warmer out there than it is here in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I keep telling myself it's not going to last, uh, Coach. I, I just think I've been here for too long now, and it's just uh, it's always sunny here in Denver, and I got a feeling that that's going to change pretty soon. But uh, I'll take what I get. So <laughs> happy to be here, and we're happy to have you on. You and I connected this morning a little bit, and I want to thank you for taking uh, the time to jump on on such short notice. But Big news happening for you, so let's let's not go any farther without you telling us what the heck's happening in San Diego over the next uh, few months. You know, we um, we're excited. I mean, as we should be. Is is kind of I would assume all the the new four and any of the the programs that that make the move um, up into Division One, and our market is 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 such an interesting one. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the absence of the chargers in the local market, but hockey is, I mean, hockey has been a big deal in San Diego and Southern California to begin with. And, uh, the gulls have had tremendous success and, and our, our, our Aztec program has the growth over the last five or six years, um, on and off the ice. It has just been remarkable. And I think that was, that was probably what gave me confidence to, to make this move and to, uh, you know, throw our hat in the ring to, uh, you know, to hopefully move up. And obviously we were accepted and um, guys like Chris Perry uh, helped a a lot with that process and, and uh, other coaches in the West um, were, you know, AJ, uh, Utah, and uh, Daniel over at GCU, just tremendous encouragement and kind of gave me, again, the confidence just to um, to be able to kind of open up a gateway out here. And uh, and hopefully we're not the last, but uh, I'm, I'm real happy to be the first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to let Stephen jump in with some questions for here in just a minute, but um you know, you kind of had this goal, and I'm reading a quote that you uh, that gave your uh, the Daily Aztec about uh, you were given it five years to uh, to be the first school in California to gain Division One ACHA status. Uh, it reminds me an awful lot about seven years ago when I sat down with Chad Berman at the University of Arizona, and um, him and I were talking. And, and I'll be honest with you, Coach. At that time, Arizona State had just uh, made the move from ACHA to NCAA, and uh, the, the teams in, in Arizona and, and even in Vegas were, were kind of in a shambles and everybody was putting them back together. And, and, and I wondered uh, kind of out loud sometimes if it would, if it would really come together. And now when I look at it, I'm going like, Oh yeah, this is real. And I'm sure you heard that uh, the university of Arizona is getting a new facility here in a couple of years. Um, that's going to be basically their own, a 3000 seat building that they can, uh, call their home and do everything with. So how much did that play into uh, 
to your drive to want to at least move up to the ACHA D1 level and, and, and get some of that action? You know, I, I'd have to think, um, you know, just despite some of the, some of the issues that the, you know, the, the Arizona or Phoenix Coyotes have had, they've, they've obviously had a massive impact. I mean, when you're over the course of the years, when you're able to um, get a, you know, a player like an Austin Matthews um, coming out of Arizona, who is just I mean, off the charts as a hockey player, there's got to be a ripple from that. And the Golden Knights moving into Vegas clearly um, was a ripple. And, and, you know, UNLV used to be a program we would play every year when they were still you know, a men's two team. And that was a, a great rivalry. And we've always had the rivalries with the U of A, the ASUs, and, you know, up into northern Arizona. Um, so, yeah, so their success, um, again, it was just through conversations. It, it's, it just made sense. Uh, you know, whether it was logistically made sense or if it was just, you know, trying to reconnect old rivalries. Um, but yeah, they've, they've done such an incredible job when you, you look up and down, you know, in the, the M1 rankings, I mean, they're just, they're staples. And, and knowing that, you know, we were exporting a lot of really, really high-end hockey players out of California. Um, part of my, Part of my reason for the five year was to to be able to provide something for California hockey players to to come to, and and to give them um, an in-state opportunity, and, and whether that's just saving them money or it's just because San Diego State is such an incredible school. So, yeah, their success um, getting to where they are now just to me is is you know inspirational to what we can become. All right, Stephen, jump in. Okay, let me let me ask this. So how long has this been in the works? And and what was the biggest uh what's the what is the biggest challenge in in getting something like this to to happen where you're going to make this jump to to division 1 because uh, it is quite a leap going from from division 2 uh, to division one, or is it, maybe it's not, maybe it's about the same, but maybe just how long has this been in works for? And then what's the biggest hurdle of making this kind of uh, change? Yeah. So when I took over the program, uh, in 15, 16, I would say for the first two years, I, I don't want to say I didn't worry about what was on the ice, but I didn't worry about what was on the ice. I made sure that everything else behind the scenes was healthy, that we had reestablished relationships with a very long alumni group. I mean, our, our program, you know, started some 38 years ago. Um, and it's, you know, it even won a national championship at the D3 level. So it's been around a long time. And that's a lot of guys that are out in our community still. So I just wanted to make sure that the, the infrastructure was healthy. And then I would say around the 17-18 season, I started to really focus on the on-ice product to match the two. And by the 19 season, um, we had started essentially recruiting um, with the hope that the 21 year would be our first. So this was kind of in our back pocket last year. 
And obviously with COVID, it just, we, we didn't bother. Um, so the on ice started the, the, the real focus on bringing in talent and seeing what we could do um, and who we could bring in and, the, and the, the, the quality of individual and the quality of, of hockey player. I think, again, just proved to me that, you know, this, this is, can't work. And so, you know, we brought in, we had brought in guys from literally all over the country from, you know, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Colorado. Um, and the on ice product is, is, is doing real well. And it did really well in the 1920 season. Uh, you know, we had, we at one point right around Thanksgiving were 19, one and one and had the leading scorer in the nation. And then, something happened and we lost four of our top five guys and 176 points were essentially gone from our roster. Um, and we kind of fizzled out, but I knew that most of those guys were coming back. So <clears throat> the leap, I mean, hockey is hockey and, and there are a lot of great hockey players out there and we'll be able to find them to make sure that our on ice is, is able to, compete and it won't be year one um with the unlvs and, and u of a's and the minots and adrians and those type of schools but we're also not going to embarrass ourselves and and i have a, a a real good grasp of what's coming in for to, for our inaugural season so the on ice is going to um you know take a couple of years as it should um it would be a complete fluke if we you know came out and um we're a 500 team right out of the gate, but we'll see how that presents itself. And then the other part of it, as I said, I kind of took care of in year, you know, one, two, and three, making sure that the program itself was healthy enough to be able to do this and that the fan base was ready for this and excited for this. And, you know, that the, there was a real um, interest in the community. So, you know, is it going to be different? Um, the on ice will be the different. I think we've we've done everything else to to get us at least feeling like it. I've always run this like a like an NCAA program. The, the guys are treated as such. You know, we we do everything that that you know every other program does. We didn't just run it like a club drop in program. This this was serious and it was a commitment. And we did you know everything from nutrition and how we traveled and video and just classroom work. And, you know, we, we made sure that we were bringing in dedicated guys who wanted to get to where we are. Um, so we started to transition, as I said, in that 19 year, and I'm excited to see, you know, what gets um, fielded, the, the 25 guys. I'm excited for them. Um, in, in, uh, when we start in, in September of 22. Okay, so let me follow up then. Uh, what maybe you can't share all, all of it, but so who, what teams have you already kind of lined up to to play next year? That in your when you, in your first season of Division One, I, I would imagine yeah. UNLV is probably is going to be scheduled. I'm guessing teams that are kind of in this area are going to be scheduled. But um, are you are you easing into it? Or are you going to try to go right for the top of the top of the ACHA? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that woodshed door is opening. Um, <laughs> no, I. Uh, 
again, just so this announcement came through, uh, you know, uh, when the ACHA posted it just about the four programs that were making the leap. Within hours, I had programs saying we'd love to come out. And it's kind of what, you know, Chris and I have spoken about this, Chris Perry, that ultimately a real ace in the in in my back pocket was the fact that we were playing hockey in San Diego on an absolutely gorgeous campus. And who doesn't want to come to San Diego in December and January and get away from a Minot or or those well, places where it's really cold? It, I, I can tell you that programs are fighting from Martin Luther weekend through that the kind of the January 11, 12, right through February, and, and most of them are not coming from Florida. They're coming from you know cold places. So yeah, we we have to take advantage of that. So who are we playing? Um, we will do. Um, it looks like we'll qualify for a minimum of the, the minimum of 20 games. Um, we'll probably exceed it just again out of interest. So yeah, we'll play Utah. We'll play uh, UNLV. Um, we have, uh, we have home and homes with, with Utah, with uh, Colorado Boulder. Um, we are hosting George Mason. Um, we're actually going out to Buffalo. Canisius college was one of the first that reached out to invite us out to one of their Tournaments. It is right around Halloween, so we'll go out there and play uh, Canisius, where they they bring in schools from Pennsylvania and, and Michigan. So we'll play, I believe, Robert Morris in an outdoor game, and then you know it'll it'll be either Syracuse, Temple, Western Michigan, someone in that to get you know a bunch of games in. Um, I actually don't have anything right now with any of the Arizona teams. I I assume that's coming. They're probably just finalizing their conference stuff, and. Um, and then just to help out Oregon, we'll probably do something with Oregon that'll obviously help us as well. So, um, yeah, it's we're excited. It's it's new teams, and uh, outside of UNLV, um, I wanted to make sure that we played, um, you know, good established programs. But I, you know, I I wasn't. I'm not the little brother going to punch up the big brother. I, I <laughs> I'll let Minot and Adrian and the, and Liberty and those guys. They can deal with themselves. I'll I'll go to the bottom of the food chain and start there. So. I'm going to ask you, Coach, a, a couple of things. Um, I, I think when, when we were talking about the biggest challenge for you, it probably had to be to produce that 45-page application uh, to uh, to get in uh, to the ACHA Division One level. I'm sure that wasn't a lot of fun. And secondly on that, um, uh, what's the expectations uh or differences, I should say, from M2 to M1 as far as uh, what you're doing to build the team. You talked about recruiting a little bit, but is there a special caliber of player now that you're looking for to uh, to fit that ACHA D1 level? Yeah, oh, you know, for the the the, uh, the application, I wanted to make sure it was thorough. I wanted to make sure that, you know, we – crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's and got kind of everything um, that they were asking of the program in. And, and then I went, I just showcased what we were doing. And, and, um, and I obviously I, I stated a great case for the program and, and highlighted what an opportunity we've got here. And so again, from, from a recruiting perspective and it kind of marries the two, I think, uh, within hours. I think the next day, as a matter of fact, I was on the phone for probably 14 hours with kids 
um, who all of a sudden found out that San Diego State had a hockey program because they all of a sudden we were going up to, to D1. So <clears throat> I knew that there were a lot of California kids that had been scattered, and this isn't just California kids, but I, I knew that, that we would be able to fish in different ponds. And so I started to, um, I, I usually start uh, reaching out to programs in, in August, and that's, you know, high school programs to, to junior programs. And, and you know, we've, <clears throat> um, we've got some great kids out of the Minnesota varsity programs right now on our team, um, from Minnetonka, Edina. And uh, so I reached back to some of them. Um, and then, you know, junior programs just really throughout um, you know, whether it's the USPHL or uh, into the NA or the NA3. And um, again, it was about providing an opportunity and, and the response was was already good. And then as soon as it became official, it, it kind of went to a different level. So, um, you know, I, I know, I know what the rosters look like of the, the high end teams. And so I'm, I just started fishing in those ponds and, uh, and, and just going after because clearly kids from the NA, kids from, you know, some Canadians, um, they're, they're heading to, to these top end programs. So um, why not San Diego State? Yeah, that's a great that's one. Real, and that's I, I, nice, I, nice players coming out of Vegas, too, I should say. Just. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, there's a, there's a pretty solid junior program up there right now that's looking pretty good. Um, so I want you to give our listeners just a, a thumbnail, if you can. I mean, we all know San Diego. We all love it. Everybody from Arizona races over there in the summertime to cool off. And uh, I've been by your campus and on your campus a few times, so I know what that's like. But uh, give everybody a little thumbnail about um, – or how about this? Give a recruiting pitch to those that maybe don't know uh, about San Diego State, the education they can get, and uh, just how good your program is going to be at some point. Yeah, it, you know the the university made a uh, a real commitment uh, to kind of expand its undergraduate footprint years ago, and so I think the um, the scope of what you can study at school is is incredible. Uh, I mean, and that goes from different, you know, uh, facets of engineering. Um, our business program has always been great. So, you know, envir environmental sciences, the, the, the kind of the list goes on and on. And so <clears throat> one of the things that, that I've actually heard from, um, from kids who either go to school in the Midwest or in the East is, is there's a, there's a real, um, you know, come 4.30 in the afternoon, it gets, starts to get dark. It's, you know, the, the weather sets in, it can kind of be pressing and in campuses or even high schools just start to feel uh, a little like you're, you're running building to building. And so one of the things that I've talked about with these guys is just how, you know, San Diego State just has such a, a vibration to it. And it's, and I quit just, I think it's really just because of the fact that kids, students, um, spend a lot of time outdoors. They're absorbing the weather. I mean, the, the 72 and sunny is, is, is kind of a laughable thing, but it, it's, it's true. And it's, it's beautiful more than not. And, you know, so, so kids will do their studies and then they go outside and they're, they're, they're flooded through the different 
um, kind of common areas. They're, they're playing games, they're reading, they're just walking around skateboarding, rollerblading, biking. And so everyone's always out. And so, as a, so there is a real sort of student activity that we just don't find in a lot of other places. Um, so <clears throat> the school itself is aesthetically very beautiful. Um, it's state-of-the-art and it's and, and kind of what they can offer for, uh, you know, from an academic perspective. It's a great learned environment. And I think one of the things that we discussed was just making sure that the, the hockey team um, could represent and match that. So, you know, what we're hoping for, um, I mean, ultimately, the, the goal would be to be in the conversation. You know, I, I heard you discussing that five teams from the WCHL could qualify this year. Um, you know, while we're an independent, the hope is, that, you know, in the coming years that, uh, you know, they, they find a space for us. Um, but our goal is to, to be one of the top programs. And, and whether that is a team that is uh, made up from across the country uh, and or international um, with a heavy you know, California feel to it, we want to be um, a top program. And, and we should be a top program because it's, it's, it's kind of sitting right there for us. And uh, um, there's a lot of pageantry that's kind of going on right now. And, and, and I just, as I said, want to make sure and, and get our ionized product up to that level. All right, Stephen. So the, obviously this is a big uh, deal for you guys' program, and, and you said that the hockey is, is big down there. I, is, what's the level of excitement for this um, you know, with, among the fan base and among the, the campus? And that's part of this is I'm getting at is the, the school is so um, big with the basketball and the football lately, you know, the good football program, a good basketball program, and now you guys are trying to you know, really build this hockey program. And, and so how important is it to have – the success of those two big sports and then and, and the, trying to gain traction and for you guys trying to, you know, make some noise as you move up this level and, and have that support, continued support, and maybe even more support now that you're going to be up another level of, of yeah, play. Yeah. I, I don't know how it happened, but hockey is the third most popular or uh, so I'm told the third most popular sport on campus, the hockey players, because they are such great guys. Um, our, our rink is packed. And it's, I would say, 70% student-packed. And they are ravenous, and they just love it. Our guys have done a great job just being a part of the, the fabric of the Aztec community. And I think it, it just, people recognize um, how much fun it is to come and watch hockey. And, you know, being a, a good team so far at, at the D2 level has helped with that. But we've... <laughs> We somehow have just exploded down here. Um, you know, what I'm about to say ultimately doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme, but we have the largest social media following in all of clubs like hockey. And I, I don't even think it's close number two. I think we, I, I don't know how it happened, but we have just, um, I think the, the Gamecocks, could be the second most popular, at least in social media, be like Instagram type thing. And it, it really is just a, an incredible following that we have. And it's, it's the, the hockey community, as I said, is, is 
erupted here. And the San Diego Gulls, you know, have been leading the AHL in, in attendance almost since they, they moved back here. And so we caught some of that. And, and so whether it's the student body that is, is just um, extremely excited or it's just the hockey community in San Diego. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we, it's, it really is something. And again, I, I think when, when the word got out about moving up, um, I, I don't know if a lot of them knew what it meant ultimately because um, you're just flipping a number. Um, but I think what they'll see is just a different level of hockey and something that they can really be proud of. Coach, Coach, one of the things, uh, the big difference between uh, ACHA D2 and D1 is the national tournament itself. Um, and you guys are competing strongly for that. And I know Coach Bowers at Arizona State, um, his roadmap for people if they want to follow it is you have to win or be close to winning at the level that you're at before you consider moving up. So that being said, I know you guys uh, have a nice break right now over the Christmas uh, holiday, but then you're heading straight on up to Botano, North Dakota. And first of all, have you been to Botano? <laughs> actually, actually, we're heading to Denver to play them. They're coming in from. Oh, they're coming. Oh, yeah. oh thank yeah. God for that. I, I'm glad yeah. for that. Uh, yeah. I, I spent some time in North Dakota, and I can tell you, Botno is a stone's throw from the Canadian border. And uh, January 14th would be a very frigid time to be in, be in Botno. So I'm glad they're coming to Denver. And, uh, and hopefully, I'm going to get over there and see you guys then, because that would be even better when I'm uh, hanging out here in the Rockies. But. Uh, okay, so that's good news. But how important is it for you to try to find as much success as possible this year at the uh, the M two D two level before you make that jump? You know, what is amazing, and and it, it, it is such a a new year for every program with with the COVID protocols and such. Believe it or not, we've yet to have our full team. It, there, there's always been something whether guys just didn't get cleared. We had a bit of a delayed start. And then um, the CSU program, all of the different schools had different protocol to kind of get back to play. And, you know, here we are, you know, just before Christmas and um, we've never had our full roster. And, uh, you know, we've had, we have a big roster, but the, the core roster has actually never played together. So heading out to Denver, we have a, a four game set, you know, we'll, so we'll play Dakota. We have uh, DU, um, we have uh, CSU or Boulder, sorry, Boulder, and then Metro State. Um, it's important. You know, we're, I, it, 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 it's a springboard. And, and again, it, it just kind of um, gives us confidence to know that we can, we can do this. Part of actually that confidence is Oregon's play. And, and, Oregon was very aggressive this year um, going after some M1 programs and, and they've had some decent success. I mean, as you would expect, they've, you know, they've, I think they've won one out of five. Um, but at least, you know, it, it, at least they're trying and they're out there and they're doing it. And Oregon is a team that looks very much like our team. And, uh, and so as is, if they're competing, um, that's without any recruiting for next year. If they're recruiting or if they're competing right now, as is, it lets me know that we're on, we're on the right track. Um, so 
it's a springboard. We want to go out to, to Denver and, and go four and zero if possible, and uh, and be you know through regionals and hopefully get a jump into nationals. Um, it would be something the program hasn't done, and and you know we've never had that true hockey pedigree like some of these like a Mary or a, or a Florida Gulf Coast. Um, you know we don't have that type of pedigree, but as a D two team. Um, you, you realistically, you weren't drawing that type of player. It's a different animal as soon as that number switches. And uh, so we know that right now with the roster that we have, that we've worked on for a couple of years, um, that we are, you know, catapulting towards the top of, of M2 and uh, having a hunch of what's coming in. Uh, we know that, that that's just going to continue on that upward trajectory to as we move into M1. Steven, you got one more for Coach? Yeah, so I'm looking at the at the standings, at the uh, the rankings that came out for the uh, Division Two, and you guys right now, it's broken down into four regions in the D Division Two level, and you guys are number six right now. And Oregon, who's also moving into Division One next year, is just ahead of you at number five. Um, so, and, and you look at teams that you said University of Mary is at number one. So you guys are right there, a pretty good spot in the in the West region. I guess for for us that's not familiar so much with the Division two level, um, break it down how that is. So you, you guys are ranked in regions, and then when you, when the, when the national tournament comes, you you compete as a in, in a kind of a regional. So just maybe tell us what the difference between the Division two and how how it's how your standing is calculated, and then you know, and then how it's formatted different, obviously than Division Division one level. Yeah, I, you know, I, they, they probably go about um, the ranking system very similar. You know, strength of schedule, obviously wins, and then the confidence in the wins, how well you do. Um, so it, there's just so many teams in the West, or sorry, in, in Division Two. I want to say there's maybe 170 teams. So that's 100 more than Division One has. So, yeah, so it is very much broken down regionally. Um, you know, and so they've, they've swept everything um, probably from Colorado and the Utahs, you know, west and captured all those teams. And uh, I can't remember what our record is sitting at right now. It might be nine and three, and two of those losses were one goal losses to Oregon to start our season. So, um, <clears throat> you know, the top, the top two teams get an auto bid to nationals, and, and then they, the next – uh, crop of down to I think 12 um, compete in kind of a, a one game elimination per region and I believe the top two then uh, regionally also join the national conversation so it's it's an extra step than what M1 has to do um, just with that that regional tournament it's uh, it's a pretty um, it's a pretty cutthroat. It's it's very much almost like the the NBA or the uh, the college um, tournament where it's literally a one and done. You can you have to fly to to wherever it is and, and you get one game guaranteed and hopefully you you know you're successful. So what our hope obviously is is to be in the top two and and, and the Denver trip will will go a long way in, in solidifying that or uh, closing that because I think that all the teams that we're playing are. You know, they're, they're all very highly ranked, including Dakota and DU and Metro. So, um, yeah, we're, you know, hopefully we can, um, you know, 
do the Denver tournament, wrap up our, our regular season. We, we then actually have a pack showcase or a pack tournament um, out here for, uh, it's actually 12 teams or 10 teams, but uh, we have a pack tournament and the, the winner of that has an auto bid to regionals, but you know, we're, we're in good enough shape that we'll, we'll be in regionals as is. And, uh, and then, so it's a, a bit of a gauntlet getting to, um, to the national tournament, but uh, I like, I like our team. So. And, and let me ask one more about the, you guys, uh, as you mentioned, the goals have been a big part of the hockey community there. Um, and I think in the past you have, but do you regularly, or do you get to play some games at, at the Pechanga arena there in, uh, in San Diego where they play or you, you play on camp and, and where's your rink? It's on campus, right? Or is it, where's, where's your facility at? And then, you know, do you get to play games there at, uh, where the goals play occasionally? Yeah. So, so our current, our current facility is about five minutes away from campus. Five minutes from campus. Um, okay. it's, uh, it's, a absolutely beautiful facility but yeah we, we actually do play over at the pachanga they they aren't fully set up for kind of non-american hockey league games they they currently only have two locker rooms so um whatever college teams go over there you you're kind of putting a little curtain area and, and and you go but the ice is amazing the atmosphere is amazing and we we do play over there and our goal was actually to um to play more games over there we just um you know we have to, to speak to them um the the managers of the rink essentially and just get a sense of of what that could look like how many more games but you know we have <clears throat> we have things that that we are working on and uh and the hope is um in the coming years at least uh, there's a, a beautiful facility sitting right in the middle of campus that is for the basketball team and Hopefully the conversation is that we can uh, we can get them to put a little ice underneath that the, the park. Day, so <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay, so I don't want to put the cart way way before the horse here, but obviously uh, a step up to to ACHA D one is is a nice move. Um, uh, back of your head, long term dreams and goals. Uh, what's the chances of of San Diego State ever becoming an NCAA program? It's, it's my next, it's, it's kind of a parallel track that I've been working on. Um, again, I think, um, I think the school, I think the community is primed for it. Um, there's so much pride just kind of in, in Aztec sports and in San Diego state as a, as a school as that, um, yeah, I, th I think it's something that, that you know, it, it's next on my list, and that's not to um, overshadow what we're doing at the club level because I think ultimately, and you kind of touched on it with, with uh, Coach Green, um, this program couldn't think about the NCAA without a very established Division I club program. So um, this is very much a showcase to what can be and uh, – you know, we've been approached by by a company um, who uh, uh, wants to do a, a feasibility study, and uh, and it's something that again we're, we're I'm kind of working on on a parallel track to to get a sense of if it could be done. And I know they're working. The, the, this company in particular um, is helping a, a number of other club programs, Lindenwood, and a couple others that are thinking of the same sort of transition. 
um, up to the NCAA. So um, it's something that's, that's working on. And, and uh, you know, I, I um, kind of in the similar mindset to wanting to move from M2 up to M1, I, I just, I know that they can do it. And I know that the community would support it. And I, and I you know, whether it's just the, the little mental movie that I, that I watch in my head, um, I can see it. And, and I, and I think it's a, uh, I think it's a tangible goal and, and, uh, you know, the next two to three years at the, the D one or the club one level, um, I think will, will only bring that more into focus going up to NCAA. Coach, and I'll tell you right now that, uh, I don't think the, uh, the ability to get players has ever been better. It's so deep right now. And especially with the fifth year guys still playing and um, the talent level, you know, from 16 up, uh, I just think that you have so many quality hockey players to choose from that. uh, If, and when you get to that point, um, you're going to be a success uh, very quickly because the talent level is just never been better in my estimation. But uh, we we certainly thank you for coming on. Go ahead. I, uh, no, I was actually just going <clears> to <throat> kind of add to that that I had a I had a conversation with someone um, back in the fall who asked me a very similar thing about the NCAA possibility, and <clears throat> and he said you have to understand that if San Diego State ever did that, you would automatically jump way to the front of a lot of people's minds that most programs have a 10 to 20% chance of landing kids. That's a program like ASU has had, you know, obviously great success. A program like San Diego state, again, just because of where we are, the school. And again, maybe it's just even the novelty. This, this person said you would have a 50% chance of getting every single kid that you go after, which is exponentially higher than a lot of other programs have chances of. And barring a legacy, kid, someone who grew up really wanting to play for X, Y, or Z, you would essentially have a 50-50 chance at landing pretty much any any hockey player you wanted to come up to San Diego. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. And the other thing is, as you mentioned earlier, there are uh, so many talented California-born kids that are uh, that are getting away because you don't have that AC or that NCAA D1 program, and and I run into it all the time. I mean, uh, I, I talk to Cole Gutman quite frequently at the University of Denver, and uh, he's a you know a Southern California kid, and uh, if you could reel him back about eight years, he'd be your first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, the the ripple of the success of Kings, Ducks, Sharks. Um, especially through, you know, uh, I would say the birth years, probably, you know, 2000 and, and maybe even back to like 95, 96. Is, um, those kids grew up watching some incredible NHL hockey in this state. And, and the hockey and the exporting of hockey players in California has been incredible. Just looking at some of the guys, I mean, you know, Thatcher, Demko up in Vancouver is just a San Diego, you know, we've, we've got a million of them. And so, Again, the, I think one of the things that I really wanted to do here was give these guys an opportunity to stay home and, and whether that helps their pocket, which it does, um, or just the pride in staying home and being a part of the first uh, California you know, M1 program and getting it to what we've talked about being at the top with the, 
the Minox and the Adrians and the UNLVs. Um, I think a lot of kids have got a lot of pride in that and, that, and it's come out in conversations through recruiting, and I know it's just going to grow in the coming years. And if it ever went NCAA, I agree with you. I think it would be a, the floodgates. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we appreciate you taking some time to, to join us tonight. I'm glad you told me about uh, the uh, trip to Denver because I will be here um, that weekend. So I'm definitely going to go over and uh, and catch a couple of your games. And uh, Travis Shrubshinsky and I go way back uh, at Dakota College Botano. So uh, I definitely would want to catch up with him as well. And um, look forward to seeing your team on the ice, Coach. And uh, we'll stay in touch and, and keep plugging for you. And um will be a lot more coverage for you starting uh, next fall. Yeah, I appreciate this a lot, guys, and thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Okay, we'll be right back in about uh, two minutes to wrap up another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. That's the head coach of San Diego State, Phil Bateman, joining us tonight. We'll be right back. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and players are constantly having to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season, that doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories that you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick. At Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our Three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Hey guys, Jared Erickson here, captain of the UNLV Skate and Rebels, champions of the Chicago Classic Tournament, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. This indeed is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you tonight from Denver, Colorado. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. That vibrant, exciting city that Stephen keeps alive day in and day out. <laughs> Steve, yeah, it's, a, it's a it's a tough task i'll tell you keeping this city going man but it's, somebody's got to do know. it somebody's got to keep the lights on there right 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, and oh, I'm not paying the power bill though for all those lights though. I'm not paying the power bill. Oh, I thought you were the one turning out the energy. You're just pedaling a bike or something to turn out all that energy. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, we don't have a lot of time left. But you know the drill. Every time we have a guest on, I hear something, you hear something. I always like to get uh, your opinion on what you heard from Phil Bateman because I'll tell you right now, I'm ready to see some uh, some real good hockey in uh, San Diego. Yeah, I am too. And and again, another. And and not that you need a reason, but another reason to have to go down to San Diego for uh, for an assignment. Figures, not, I figured you would come up with that. That's not a bad idea. Although the weather road here, trip, in Nevada, trip. Although the, the weather here in, in Nevada is good, and Las Vegas is good in the winter time, but still going down to San Diego in November or December, whenever it's Steven, nice there's an ocean there. There's a <laughs> there's beach an, there. There's an ocean there. There's a beach there. There's an ice rink there too, which we know there's several ice rinks. Yeah, the Croc yeah. Center is where they've been playing their uh, the majority of their home games at. So yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's and, a and then beautiful of course, campus. And then they play some there with the goals play. So uh, one thing he said, and and I, I I did was looking at some things while he said it is the following they have on social media. They say they're one of the most followed um, uh, accounts on on social media. Now I'm just looked at Instagram, at Twitter. I don't. I, I was not able to find, but but just based it on uh, Instagram. Uh, they have 10,400 followers, 10,400 uh, followers. It's crazy. It's and, crazy. And, and their division, to their, they call themselves the best Insta account on the ACHN, and, uh, and they're also called the College Hockey Meme Lord, so that's kind of cool. Uh, by comparison, I'm looking at Lindenwood, which is the top team right now in the, in the ACHA. Uh, they have 2,254 followers. Uh, I'll look at a couple other schools. UNLV actually has 5,578. So uh, I think there's certainly going to be a and, – and people aren't familiar with UNLV-San Diego State rivalry in, in, in the other sports, certainly for basketball and football. It is intense. And I'm sure when those two used to play each other in the hockey – In, uh, when in they D2, were, Stephen, I, I remember watching them in D2. It was intense. Yeah. You can ask uh, Coach Raboni and Coach Greener about that. It was intense. So I'm sure that's going to – they're excited for that, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe a little nervous. I don't know. But uh, I'm sure San Diego State is excited for it uh, too. Uh, so that's that's kind of cool. Now, in comparison, I'll look at uh, at Ice Time SW has about 2,347 followers. So – uh, you know. We need to tap into those folks. <laughs> we, yeah, we need to so tap we're, into them and we're get excited, moving. We're excited that they're going to move to Division Ones because maybe we can we can suck in a few of those uh, followers to to our Instagram account, Ice Time SW, <laughs> and uh, and get our numbers up. As we still think, I think it's still a thing, Scott. We're trying to get to ten thousand. I think on Twitter, but certainly Instagram, we would love to have some more followers too. So, <laughs> oh, any anywhere you can get them, you want them. So <laughs> we take it piece by piece. So, but well, I like I, that. I, I like Here's that one other, one other well, thing. One, Go ahead. Yeah, one other thing is I, I like that he was already look. You asked him about the NCAA thing, and and that he's already kind of that. That's the like the next step. Like you you, you work on getting to ACHA Division One uh, level, so that's the next step. But he's already looking ahead to the NCAA level and how he thinks that can happen at some point. And certainly that's that's what you want to do. So. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the things that, that caught me was I didn't realize he was coming here to Denver for four Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday in January, uh, 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th. And uh, I just I happened got to a, be in Denver. You've, you've got some plans. Some, yeah, yeah you've got I have some, some NCAA now. games on Friday and Saturday night, but it appears they're going to play um, on Sunday night at Joy Burns Arena, which is attached to uh, Magnus Arena. 
Uh, it's a practice rink for uh, the University of Denver NCAA program. And uh, they're going to be up in Greeley and taking on uh, Dakota College Botano on Friday. So, and that's in the afternoon. So who knows? I might, I might be able to catch a couple of games and, and see how they look. Yeah, you can do some scouting for the uh, Division One teams and and kind of get get the feels on San Diego State and report back to uh, to some of the Division One teams about what they can expect for San Diego State. I'm sure they already kind of oh, they, 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 sure they know what's coming. I'm sure they know what's coming. coming. Maybe, Phil didn't they, plan this out for the last five years to, no. uh, to like he said, to come in and get embarrassed. Uh, no. They're coming in to, to compete. And, uh, you know, how soon they can do it, I think he's realistic in the first couple of years being a little rough. Uh, as as it was for GCU and and even uh, Utah, but um, when you make that move, you you make the commitment. Well, and I'm not su- I'm not surprised. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I guess when he said that they've already have people that are reaching out to them now, teams that are reaching out to them, saying, "Hey, we want to play you again." Being where they are located, I'm sure <laughs> has a lot to do with that. Who doesn't want to go to? San Diego and, and oh, I, I have to text Kirk Handy now out at Liberty because uh, I'm sure Liberty coming to play UNLV, it wouldn't be bad to spend another couple of weekends uh, and, and make a trip to Arizona and maybe San Diego at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's yeah, so they're they're going to be a drive for a lot of these these teams to, um, you know, part of it's like hey, it's a new it's a new team, and I think we've seen that before. This is a this is a it's competitive. Every team wants to win, but it's such a family. There's, there's sort of a family aspect to this. I think other teams want these other teams that come in. They want them to be successful because it just makes the whole brand of the ACHA better. And it makes, it makes the, um, you know, it's like when you look at like, uh, like a house on a on a block. If you have one house, if you have, several, if you have like two or three houses that look pretty trashy and they people don't take care of them, it kind of devalues the rest of the houses in the neighborhood. So if everybody's house looks sort of nice and upkept then it makes everybody sad. So it's kind of the same way with these teams. If, if, if a team that comes in, you know, you, you have to play them and, and give them support. And obviously you're not going to go easy on them, but you want them to do what you can to help them out and, and, and maybe not help them up too much so you don't give them an edge, but, you know, enough to, to make, welcome them in because it makes everybody else look better when, when you have a team that comes in and, and it's going to have um, success, you know, at, at this level. And, and, and well, you know what Coach Berman's saying, right? You know, Coach Berman, a high tide rises all ships. <laughs> right. And, he and uses that several, one all the time. Yeah, and certainly several schools, you know, like we've talked about with in the past with, with UNLV and, you know, wanting to go to NCAA level and, and San Diego State coming in now at Division One. I, I think it, it can help that, you know, that another school is, is making that, that push too and it just maybe can show that more – Hockey out in West can continue to grow to the level that it is. Let me make this bold statement, if I can. Uh, We've done this now starting our seventh year, um, and I would never have thought I'm witnessing what I'm witnessing right now at all levels of of hockey, Um, but we are. So let me say this bold statement. In the next 10 years, you're going to see UNLV, you're going to see University of Arizona, and you're going to see San Diego State playing NCAA hockey. And – if they were able to join into a league with Arizona State and maybe the two Alaskas, wow. Uh, you could play San Diego State, Arizona, Arizona State, UNLV, Anchorage, and Fairbanks. I think that would be an ideal conference. And, and I think you could play and in and, and out of the conference very easily. 
And then eventually you, you got San Diego State in there, of course, and then eventually get maybe a couple of the other uh, Southern California programs in there, maybe like a UCLA, which is such a powerhouse in, in certainly in basketball and football, right? In the Pac-12 conference, one of the power conferences, get them going in at hockey at the hockey level, NCAA hockey level, and maybe a USC or, or somebody like that, or even an Oregon is coming in now, and maybe you know that's just it's just going to make it even more uh, exciting to see what what could be on the horizon five years from now with the NCAA level, which is something that I know you follow so closely, of course, and, and, uh, and so passionate about and just to, and to see that. And then hopefully five years, six years from now, there is more, more NCAA programs out here on the West coast at the hockey level. As we were talking about, I think the last show or, or maybe we were talking about over the phone when we were talking off air, the, uh, the frozen, uh, frozen four is going to be in Vegas in what, 2026 or something. Yeah. And 2026. Cool. So play it right so, there in Vegas. Right here in Vegas. So how cool would it be to have a, that seems a little. I mean, that's what four years. How cool would it be to have a few more uh, West schools have a chance to compete for that uh, Frozen Four? So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, two things I want to get out of the way, and we're running way short on time. Uh, but I do think it's a good mention. Um, the Arizona hockey community and the hockey community in general lost a, a really good one at 34 years of age, and in, in Matt Shot, and uh, he's somebody not only his father but him, Matt himself just put a ton of time into youth hockey in the state of Arizona, started the Kachinas program. I, I said on, on an earlier show that uh, when I met him the first time, he was helping out Lindsay uh, Ellis get her ASU women's team underway. And uh, I could tell before Matt even said a word how passionate it was because it was just uh, – it was just pounding through his chest. His heart was so big and he wanted so much to see kids succeed in Arizona and to lose him to, uh, to bile duct cancer at uh, the young age of 34 uh, was just tragic. So uh, our thoughts and prayers continued for everybody in the Arizona hockey community and certainly the shot family. Yeah. And that's, that's very, uh, very sad uh, uh, situation there. And, uh, and certainly, our, our hearts and our and our prayers go out to his family. And I know that the Arizona Coyotes just honored him about a month or so, a couple months ago, so during their hockey fights, cancer night. And, um, you know, again, things took a turn for the worse. And uh, so it's unfortunate. But uh, certainly he's made the impact that he made in the in the hockey community in Arizona, just not knowing him, but just reading reading about some of it. Just it's it's really um, it's going to be a big loss. But uh, he certainly his his footprints have been left um that'll last for, for years to come. So. Yep, absolutely. And uh, I think you had one other one that we lost another young hockey player that played at uh, Aquinas and, and played junior hockey up in Alaska, right? Yeah, this is another sad story. Uh, this is the Aquinas college assistant, captain Alex Klikota. Uh, Hopefully I said that right. I apologize if I didn't, but he was, uh, he passed away on December 18th. Uh, we don't know. Uh, we don't want to speculate, and we don't know the, the the cause of death on that. But he was uh, obviously pretty young. He was 23 years old. Uh, he was named a Player of the Year by the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference last season, which is um, where Aquinas plays. And uh, the ACHA, and certainly we echo this, send its condolences to Alex family and loved ones uh, to the Aquinas uh, hockey uh, community. So it's a, it's a loss for for of course the hockey community and the and the ACHA uh, community. Uh, but just looking at, uh, you know, his his um, he had some pretty good numbers. Uh, you know, he played like I said, he's playing for Queen. Has got to play in the the ACHA uh, uh, tournament last year, I believe. So, and of course, uh, I can't find his. Uh... Anyway, so yeah, that's a sad loss there. But 
it's just just again it's just another example of you just you never know what what can happen but uh but um live every day to the fullest my friend live every day to the fullest all right no easy way to transition out of that one but we will tell everybody have a very uh safe and happy merry christmas to everybody um steven and i'll be back next wednesday i haven't even told you this yet but uh we're going to be slanted a little bit towards the uh the uh, world championships, the junior championship, world junior championships. Let me put it that way. All next week will be our world junior championship week on all four of our podcasts. So a little slant there, and we'll still be talking some ACHA stuff as well. But uh, in the meantime, be it's safe a good time for it. Be- it's a good time for it because that will be going on. And then, of course, exactly. There's not a lot of stuff really going on in, in the ACHA. Is, of course, it's the break. And, of course, I don't think there's a lot of NCAA hockey going on. Uh, well, there'll be some, I guess, next weekend, but not a lot of activity there. So it's a good – not well, it's not a lot of pro hockey too. So it's a good time to kind of kind of have, have a week like that where we can dedicate to something like that. And, of course, it, it has ties to really all levels because all those players are looking to make the pros. And, of course, some end up in college programs and, and maybe even the uh, ACHA, of course. So we'll, we'll, we'll All right, all take together. it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly brought brought to you by Boost Mobile. Whether it's new phone for yourself or child's first phone, go to boostmobile.com and click on the deals to find the phone that's right for you. Caesars Entertainment, wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars Resort across the U.S. or worldwide. UNLV Hockey, play ACHA D1 Hockey and Hockey Mad Las Vegas. Go to rebelhockey.com and see if the bright lights and championship mindset is for you. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue, Las Vegas style. Buy summer skates. Just because the summer is gone doesn't mean we like our drinks to be warm. Get your personalized koozies and more. Visit the store page at icetimehockeysw.com. The University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, home of the two-time defending WCHL champions. By M-Drive, supplements to fuel your drive. Visit mdriveformen.com and refine your prime with M-Drive. And by Behind the Mask, in the net, up the ice, or in line, serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. See us at behindthemask.com. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network, and I just want to say to everybody, and to you and Terry as well, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, everyone be safe, and we'll look forward to a great uh, show next week, and of course, of course, into the new year as well. Absolutely well said, my friend. We'll say uh, a big thank you to the head coach at San Diego State University, Phil Bateman, for joining us tonight. Uh, we look forward to uh, seeing their rise to the ACHA D1 level. And uh, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro, and uh, wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and see you next week on the special World Junior Championship podcast. Good night, everybody. <laughs>